0: Hello and welcome to Podcast Eater, the Call Trader podcast. My name is Ezekiel, I'm the editor and co-runner of Call Trader, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, uh, Brendan. Hello, Brendan, how are you going today?
1: Hey, yes, how are you going?
0: Yeah, I asked you first.
1: Well, I asked you.
0: Hmm. You're not bad, and me?
1: I assume you're not bad?
0: Yes. Excellent.
1: (laughs) Hey, that worked out better than I thought.
0: Okay. Alrighty. So, yeah, I've got you on here for a reason. Um, You have an interesting title because it has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. Uh, And what are we talking about today? So, this is probably the
1: first time in Podcast Eater history that we're actually talking about a short story of sorts. A uh, Japanese little folk tale it is named my lord bag of rice
0: yes um in fact it's the first piece of literature that we're talking about so hopefully we don't mess this up <laughs> Alrighty. so um i guess look do, do you want me to just quickly run through all th- uh, spoilers, spoilers 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 definitely
1: wa- spoilers because you know
0: okay so do you want me to quickly run through the story yeah go ahead and then we'll go ahead talk about it okay all right here we go
1: no pressure or anything. We're just we don't we don't want to mess this up.
0: <laughs> so many many a moon ago, um, in Japan, uh there was a, a warrior known as Torototo. Um or my lad my lord. I almost said my lad bag of rice. My lord bag of rice. Oh god, it's already gone south. Anyway. Toda, um,
1: and his true name was Fujiwara Hirasato.
0: Yes. Okay. So, anyway, like, he, basically, he decided to go on an adventure because he was a, a warrior or something. And he just, I don't want to stay home. I want to go sailing. So he, he took a whole bunch of weapons with him. And by a whole bunch, I mean, I think three. And he took two he swords and a, and a bow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is just a summary. This is a summary. Um,. So, yeah, he decided to go sailing, and then eventually he stopped sailing at some point. I think he went sailing. No, he just he, he just
1: sallied left. forth, not sailed. Uh, whatever.
0: <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, he ended up getting to a bridge, and there's a dragon on it. Uh, and he, he looks and is like, oh, I'm going to get around this dragon. So he gets around this dragon. And then he turns around uh, after he's crossed a dragon, um, and he crossed it safely. And no, no, sorry. He heard someone calling him out and then he turns around and he sees a person there. In, in this case, I believe it's a, a king of sorts or like some sort of important person. And then main character goes, who are you? And well, he doesn't, I can't remember. They say they have an exchange and it's revealed that that is Dragon King and he's asking a favor. He, he was there on the bridge to test a warrior's bravery to see who he could ask. For a thing right that, that's about right, isn't it? Hey
1: can you do a thing for me? yeah why not?
0: <laughs> yeah so he turns back into like a, a, a human type form and yeah then goes, I need your help come with me under the water and, and you'll see what I mean <laughs> yeah and 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 the character goes, yeah all right so they go deep diving and end up at the underwater palace in the lake and they start having a feast, I think. And there's like all these fish around and, and stuff, and and they eat a, a lot, and so on and so forth. They eat and drink and marry, essentially, yeah. Yeah. So then uh, Hidatsato goes, "All right, now that I've had my fill, what do you want?" His words, not mine. <laughs> and <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm being really kind of sacrilegious, but like this is the worst summary that anyone could give of this story.
1: Hey, I'd probably, I'd probably do a worse job. You're doing better than me. Okay.
0: Look, I'm, well, I'm sure anyone could do a worse job, but this is just the <laughs> worst. <laughs> the worst. Right now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he goes, what, what do you want me to do? And the Dragon King goes, I hate centipedes. There's a giant one. Go kill it for me. Because it keeps taking my kids or something.
1: No, you're pretty much right. It, it keeps on destroying everything.
0: and And takes his family. And then he like he begs main guy to kill the centipede, and like he you know main guy goes you're right, I'll, I'll I'll do it and get some details, um, and the dragon and like he's gonna go attack it then but the dragon king's like no we it only comes out at certain times so you got to wait so then they I think they get they drink and eat more after that? that that's about right isn't
1: it I think so but um, I guess that like the one thing I have to say before we uh, continue is that there are actually a few different uh, reiterations of this story as well I ended up reading one where they didn't end up keeping on feasting but as soon as that feast was over then the centipede came down caused havoc and then we'll go on to the next part of the story
0: after this so okay well, yeah, they 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 kind of kept eating and and drinking and forgot and then fell asleep. They had a power nap. They they um, fell asleep. Oh wait, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> ha, ha, ha. um. Oh wait, no, sorry. They no, they were still awake. Um, and they're about to have more wine, and then the palace was shaken. So, uh, Hidasato and the Dragon King get up, go to the balcony, see the, see something that looks like a centipede because it's got two great. Balls of glowing fire that are approaching. And so Hirasato looks at where the, the balls are and, like, he, he notices the long body of the centipede and it's going around the mountains because it's a big centipede. You know, they apparently in fantasy times they could get very big, but then reality times happen that stop them from getting very big and only merely inconveniently big. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, Hidasato reshores the Dragon King. Why can't a Dragon King kill us sen- and oh, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> um, That's
1: irrelevant to the story. It needs to be <laughs> my Lord Bagger, right? <laughs>
0: yes. Um so Yeah, he Hidasato asks the Dragon King to get his weapons, even though he's a king. Um and uh Hidesato only has three arrows, and his bow is huge. So he fires the first arrow, it hits the centipede, bounces off. Fires a second arrow, hits the centipede, bounces off. And right? the centipede is just advancing and it's just like, ha-ha.
1: ha <laughs> do you can't do anything against me. I am impervious.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and then, like, Kitasato is going, oh, I can't remember. Like, how am I going to get past its imperviousity? I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. And then he goes, oh, wait, that's right. If you spit on a centipede... It dies. So, or oh, not that it dies, but, um, it's like, you know, they... You can get
1: through its impervious skin, apparently.
0: Yeah, they have a strong aversion to human saliva. So, what he does is he, like, yeah, he, he shoves the arrow in his mouth and then he fires it at the centipede. So, basically, he kills the centipede by spitting on it by proxy.
1: Well, in the other version that I ended up reading, um... There was a version where Hirasato ended ended up spitting on the uh the um the arrowhead as well, so there there could be different interpretations of the fairy tale as well in that regard.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll get into that a bit later. Um, but so then what happened from there is the centipede dies, and there's like just some horrible storm type thing, and then in the morning it's fine, and the centipede is gone. Like I think. Was it like the water had been dyed blood red by its corpse or something, but then it's gone the following day? Something
1: like that, yeah. The water had been dyed red, from what I can tell. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, so then the Dragon King's like, sweet. Um,
1: (laughs) Sweet, I'm going to throw you a bigger bigger feast than you had before. Thank you. Yeah,
0: and I'm going to feed you my subjects, who are fish.
1: All the fish, all all the ways, all the ways possible. Like you're gonna get all the
0: fish. <laughs> yeah, and like so, the Dragon King tries to get Hitosato to stay. Hitosato's like, no, I just want to go home. I've seen things. I just need to go home. I've
1: seen things that no mere mortal should see. Let me leave, please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so then, um, the Dragon King throws a few presents his way, um, and they are in order. I, I have I have some of this in front of me, just so I remember some things. Large bronze bell. A bag of rice, roll of silk, cooking pot, and a regular bell. Um, so then he leaves, Hitosato. The Dragon King accompanies him to the bridge, um, you know, wishes him, does a lot of well wishing. Um, and he ends up, Hitosato ends up returning. Um, there was uh, some of the Dragon King's retainers went with him to carry the presents and put them down. And vanished. Hittadero tells the story. So the presents, what they do. Um, the the regular bell was just an ordinary bell, so it was presented to the temple nearby, where it was hung up um, to like tell the time. Basically, uh, the bag of rice um, is an infinite bag of rice. Right, so it just it continually it just produces continually rice. Just-
1: fills up and fills up no matter how much rice he used it was always there
0: yep and then the the bowl the roll of silk um doesn't run out the cooking pot is a, a pot that makes everything taste good and i don't know what happens with the other bell
1: see there's a there's a few different interpretations and this is part of the other one that i actually read as well there's a difference in some of the um the the gifts that he actually receives in one story, yes, he receives the um, the cooking pot and the other and the second bell as well. But in one, in, in another interpretation, he also receives a sword, which would always give the his owner the victory that they that they desire. And the other one was a suit of armor so strong that no swords or arrows could go through it. So there's a, there's a couple of different interpretations and rewrite like rewordings here and there as well.
0: Yeah, because I, I'm just confused because the one that I've read has a large bronze bell and a bell. But then it only mentions a bell at the end, although maybe I've just missed something there. But um, yeah, so it's a, 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 it's a pretty good story. Um, Do you have anything else to say? Basically, a guy, a, a guy wins a dragon's favour by spitting on a... Centipede by proxy. That that's basically the story, right? Pretty there, much. There could not be there could not be anything up for interpretation or you know deeper meaning at all, could there?
1: Not really. Not in this one. No, it's just like because I'm looking at like pro- I'm I'm actually doing a little bit of research whilst we're looking into this um this one as well. I've read it a quite a number of times and I've listened to somebody recite recited a few times as well. Um, the official um version of the work basically does have like the the piece of s- the, the silk the sword the armor the temple bell and a bag of rice um so he became known like he apparently this happened in in 1711 so that was basically a, a, a Japanese folktale that start that sort of culminated around that time period and he was um and he was basically regarded as rice bag Toda or Tawara Toda. And Tawara meaning it was the Japanese word for a bag of rice, essentially. Or it's a pun between taro, Tawara, um, straw rice bag, straw barrel, and the Japanese name Tawara. I don't even know what Tawara actually means. But yeah, like, that's there's not much else to sort of discuss, I guess. It's, it's a very nice story of overcoming adversity, I guess in the face of great danger. Um, And also, I guess, just being kind, I guess, as a warrior, you know, helping people out in need, even if it's a dragon king of the lake, you know. Um,
0: Well, like, I I guess, so my understanding is this particular story is part, I, I could be completely wrong here, but a part of a series of stories about uh, Hidesato
1: yeah apparent apparently from what I know, Hidesato actually has quite a storied folktale history sort of thing so he was basically an icon of sorts
0: yeah, so I haven't found anything else um, I'm sure there's if it is indeed the case it's out there so I, I guess like the main thing that I'm I'm thinking of when I've discovered this information is where does this story fit in? with the rest of his life, and also what was happening politically at the time. Yeah. Because as far as folklore goes, I think it's a very interesting story, right? But I feel like there's a bit more to it. Like, what does, what does what is the giant centipede coming from the mountains? Was there, like, a period of invasion at the time? Or was it just, like, you're meant to represent like you know and and like royalty needing to be protected by wandering warriors or or, or something like that. Do do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it 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 feels like
1: it fits in a much larger story, overarching story, I think.
0: Yeah. Um oh yeah, so Hidetarou himself uh, actually served under Emperor Suzaku. Um and fought along he, he fought um in a battle that suppressed a revolt um, in s- somewhere around 940 AD. Okay. So maybe the story has something to do with that.
1: I see. I'm reading something here at the moment that says that it is part of the epilogue of his story. Um, the 14th century Taihiki re- records ear- an earlier version of this legend about Hirasato set during the Genpei War, but instead of the dragon turning into a beautiful woman, apparently this is the original story. Well, this is the earlier story um, that we that we have here. Instead of instead of the uh, dragon king turning into a, a male, the sm- strange small man, which is dra- which is the dragon king himself. Um, the other story that we know of, or we should know of at this point, um, is apparently the dragon turning into a beautiful woman, which is the apparently this version like. The version of the story that we that we wrote that we uh, read and listened to is actually the one from the Taiheki record, like uh, the Taiheki, essentially Taiheki, however you pronounce that.
0: The the first one you read, you yeah, know? the first one I read. Because it it sounds like you've you've read a few different versions.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they all tell essentially a similar similar story, just with different interpretations here and there. That's the thing about uh, fairy tales and folklore. There's not really unless there's multiple recordings of the story itself if there's only one recording of the story that's the only story that people know that's why i know that there's a a couple of different interpretations depending on when it was written um when it was published or anything like that where and when it actually um was spread throughout japan essentially so
0: yeah no so like it's quite possible that it does have some political background to it hmm um especially you know if there's someone who was known for like serving under an emperor emperor being the dragon king if you will yeah portrays portrays the emperor in a more positive light because he's being attacked from people from the mountains the mount- the people attacking being the centipede monster right that that's that's a really surface and really simple conclusion to make but of course i don't know that that is indeed the case yeah, are you stole <laughs> no, it. <I'm still> <laughs> um just I just wondered think, what happened think, there. You just like. <laughs> no, I didn't blame Gary. I'm, blank I'm out stunned I was by just this. Like,
1: um, I guess, I, I guess the overarching... Because the the biggest thing about fairy tales is there's always a um, there's always something to glean from the story. There's always something to take away. Um, in this instance, um, I think this tell this this is actually a good story of, um, when other people are in need. It is okay to offer them help if they require it. Um, not, not, It's not like a thing to have all your weapons or have everything you need or anything like that. Because when it's somebody, when somebody isn't in, is in need of help or anything like that, you're not going to have everything you need on you. Um, you're not going to have all your faculties. You're not going to have all your tools or anything like that. Um, what does matter, I guess, in this instance is whether or not you offer help to somebody in need. Um, yeah. And that's fine, like, I guess nowadays not so much, because, you know, it's a bit of a different thing between people and how they help others and that sort of thing, but I guess this is, like, a story about I guess, random charity I guess, with Hitosato going, you know what, I'm not doing this for any kind of recognition or anything like that, I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do.
0: Yeah. Well, well, the other thing as well is it could just be clever, you know, it's a nice fairy tale. I, I, like, as far as like base Symmetry goes, I think it's pretty interesting. Um, but it could also very well be a, um, it could also be a piece of propaganda at the same time. Oh, that's basically all I had. Because, you know, when, when I made my base assumptions of like, you know, the, the centipede represents society and <laughs> no, um, <laughs> Uh, You know, like to, like, yeah, it could have been propaganda used to paint uh, the current, the then current ruler in a positive light and like any attackers in a negative light quite easily, you know, and like talks about their awesome mightiness that cannot be stopped. Maybe the saliva is a poison or or something. I don't know. You know, it could definitely be read that way. But like at the same time, I I feel that what you're saying is just as valid. Yeah. Um, I so think I guess we're gonna have a
1: special guest on this episode. My next door neighbor's dog just won't stop barking. Excellent. And I've Excellent. tried to tell them to be quiet now, and unfortunately, it's not happening. So, you know.
0: So, <laughs> wait, wait, what, what's the dog's name?
1: Uh, Rusty. Okay. He's a, he's a cutie. Oh. He's a bit of. He's, I think he's a pit. He's a pit bull. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, anyway, but anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about right now. But yeah, I, no, I kind of feel like that this is a story about charity, just giving when people need it the most, and not requiring anything in return. They like the 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 subjects of the um of the you know Dragon Kingdom were very thankful and very respectful about what he did, and they pampered him as you know they wanted to. But Hidassado was just like, you know what, I'm. I don't. I don't need any recognition from this. I'm just happy to do what I can because it's the right thing to do, you know. And but he he got some. He got some really cool. Like I guess he got some um some really nice, uh, thank yous out of it. I guess and you know made his life a lot easier afterward. But it, like I said, it's not about the gifts you receive. It's about the good you do.
0: Yeah. So well, look, I'm 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 inclined to agree with you on that one. Yeah. I yeah. I just feel that like maybe perhaps. Like at least from a historical politi- political, political, political context, <laughs> political, um, from political context as well. There's like probably a bit of propaganda in there as well, um, because you know fairy tales generally do have a basis on in something that happened in reality, whether it was imagined or otherwise, right? But um, I guess talking about like the specific qualities of the story itself, obviously based on however many translation translations how many times it's been translated and translated over and over again, um, I'm willing to believe that at least what we read and what you further read are somewhat accurate. Yeah, somewhat accurate to the original
1: be- story, if not the one of them is actually the very first iteration of the fairy tale. Or at least could be. That's the thing. We don't know.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I feel like some things might have been lost on the way. But with that being said... Um it's an easy story to read. Oh, definitely, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's short. It's only like maybe 10-15 minutes of your life.
1: It's about yeah, it's about 10 minutes. It's it's definitely worth a read. Um and it definitely has a good um a good oh, I can never remember the word. Like
0: Imagery? message? Message, I guess. Message. Yeah.
1: Um moral, that's it. It has a good moral. And that's what mostly fairy tales um, are there to do they they're there to provide the moral of the story or, or teach you something essentially
0: yeah um well like the, the thing as well about it is that yeah it's short and sweet and it, it really moves quickly without necessarily sacrificing imagery like you know what you know and 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 that and that's basically it um and yeah, it's just it's just kind of interesting. It's it's nice to see something from that period of time, uh, you know, express the way that it is. But anyway, um, so yeah, you'd recommend the story?
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. I actually really recommend it. Um, definitely, definitely worth a listen to or read if you can, um, if you can find it. Um, we're probably going to put a link to the version that we first read in the um, in the description of this podcast episode. Um, mostly just because this is probably the, the the. I think this might be the um the earlier uh, revision as well because it's just the dragon king of the lake, not the not a not a beautiful female that takes him back to the dragon um, kingdom or anything like that. This seems to be the very first iteration of the story itself, but it's very good, very enjoyable to read. I actually loved it. Um, as much as I do love uh some fairy tales and. And, you know, the, the morals that they teach as well. So, yeah, it's pretty good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah,
0: I'm glad to hear it. Well, anyway, with that all being said, thank you very much for your time today,
1: Brendan. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. No worries. And uh, you can find me on Twitch under B- under Beersy. I stream Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I'm also on Twitter as well. You can find me under Beersy93. I post random stuff every day, I suppose. And um, you can check out my new reviews up on the Culture Reader website.
0: Okay, is there anything that you would like to spruik? Even though I just gave you a lot of time and you didn't jump on the ball, is there anything you'd like to spruik?
1: I believe I've already done so, thank you.
0: Okay, excellent. Well, yeah, thank you for your time. Thank you everyone who has listened. Uh, thank you to anyone who has read uh, anything on Culture Thank you to our supporters as well, our patrons. Uh, you know, we hope that you're getting something out of this um we as always we're still trying to work out what we what extra we can give to you guys we have ideas i need to actually start working on those ideas (laughs) um and of course other than a big thank you to brendan and you lovely listeners and and readers and supporters yeah, of course please any positive any feedback constructive criticism please let us know we're willing to listen um big thank you to sixo sixo you're awesome keep doing the stuff that you do because it It just helps keep things running and keeps things enjoyable. Yeah, definitely. But on that, everyone, please stay safe and have a good time. Thanks for listening, and we hope you take care. Alrighty. Bye. Bye.